welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. Where the banter's as Froach says Kevin's curse on Utah last week. You had to do it to him like that? I have no idea. I have no idea what I'm doing at this point, Matt. The curse is just playing with me. It's letting me take Brady to the championship, but it's absolutely putting Utah in its place. I don't know. I watched at least one of those games, but... I'm so sorry, Jess. Dude, so I thought making a prediction for them to be uh, first team to 30 wins was a pretty relatively safe bet. But, man, teams have gained some ground on them. You hit them with that hard, hard curse. And, uh, you know, anything's possible at this point. Not that my Mystic predictions are any better, dude. <laughs> I think I've been over since we changed the name. Lakers going two for two last week instead of one for three. I didn't even pick any of the games right. I mean... Kings took a W. Who could have expected that against the Lakers? But, Matt, it was a wild week for basketball. I'm sure it's also been an okay week in hockey. You've been going off on me left and right. Tell me about these teams and what's been going on. Well, yeah, man. Hockey's in full swing. We're hitting uh, towards the halfway season. I mean, most games or most teams have played uh, between 20 and 25 games. So we're getting close to the halfway point. Only three games were suspended this week with COVID. Of course, we're going to start with that COVID. Um, Even Crosby, you know, one of the greatest players of all time, top five player of all time, got hit with COVID this week. He was on the list for a little bit, but it was pulled off. As of yesterday, uh, March 4th, only three players remain on the list in the league. So Charlie Coyle of the Bruins, Joel Fabry of Philadelphia. You know, that Philadelphia Flyers team can't go a week without a COVID player. (laughs) (laughs) And Thomas Hurdle with the San Jose Sharks. I mean... It is what it is. You guys got to wear your masks. It's harder in the United States. Thank God for that Canadian border because keeping the Canadian team safe up here. A little progress though, right, Matt? You know, it was a little crazy for a while. I remember early in the season, like the numbers were popping off in the NHL. So progress, right? That's what we'd like to see. Yeah, man. I mean, I talk about all the teams being relatively close in games, but you still have, uh, you know, Dallas Stars lagging behind at 18. So (laughs) they got hit hard at the beginning of the year. Yeah, man, but the Central Division, like, the divisions are shaking out kind of the way that I anticipated at the beginning of the season. Tampa, Carolina, class of that division over there in the Central. Florida, they're a little bit of a surprise, but I talked about them last week, coming in Mm -hmm. strong. Tampa, man, they're such a good team that Nikita Kucherov, who's arguably their best player, hasn't played a game all year. They're in first place in their division, and they've got... Hedman, Stamkos, Point, Sergachev, Palat, just to name a few, just dominating right now. It's it's very impressive. I would not um, be surprised if they go back-to-back. I'm always on board for the Lightning being a good team, you know. Low-key a fan over here. Yeah, low-key that Martin San Luis fan. Hey! <laughs> hey, but, man. Uh, yeah, man, it's crazy up top there. There's a lot of teams going on. And the bottom of the league, Sabres at six wins? Dude, they Rough. have have imploded um they have been a very bad team they landed that big offseason prize taylor hall that everybody wanted they got him on a one year nine million dollar contract which was pretty outrageous it was a good deal for them um but he has not delivered at all that whole team has not been good uh jack eichel was like disputing what the coach was saying about injuries it's just looking like a big dysfunctional mess um jeff skinner who makes over nine million dollars a season was a healthy scratch it's just bad out in Buffalo right now. Ouch. Sounds yeah, man. painful, Matt. Tell me about some of these other teams just like well, pulling you... along at the bottom here. 
Well, you know, New Jersey, they've only played a few games, same with Dallas, so they've got room to improve and climb up those standings because if you look at Ottawa and Detroit right there with 26 games, that's a difference yeah. of seven games. So you they could catch easily. They're still not the best teams. Detroit and Ottawa, not great. I mean, the bottom of the standings isn't a fun place to talk about, man. I mean, Trevor Zegras did make his NHL debut for the Anaheim Ducks this week. Highly touted prospect, I think ninth overall pick in uh, two years ago draft. So that's nice, but really yeah, exactly. nothing great out here. Um, my biggest surprise, man, has been the end, or the New York Islanders. Every single year since John Tavares has left, they've been a playoff yeah. team. They've not only been a playoff team, but they've gone to the second round of the playoffs. I mean, I don't know what it was, but theoretically, when you lose a world-class player like John Tavares, you're not supposed to do better. But hey, they do. That team mentality. That's the thing, right? It gives it gives players an opportunity. You know, the system changes when you don't have that stud up top really leading the team. It it gives an opportunity for a rebirth in uh, what their identity is. And I mean, I'm happy about the Islanders still being relevant, so uh, I can't complain. <laughs> your two kind of uh, favorite, not so favorite teams, because obviously Montreal's <laughs> your favorite now. <laughs> of course, gotta have that Canadian pride. Speaking about a team with uh, built on depth, who's just not performing well lately. They did not do very well this past week, uh, losing to the Winnipeg Jets in both their games before lose, beating the Ottawa Senators and then losing again in overtime last night. The thing that's driving me absolutely wild about this team, man, is I know Dominic Ducharme needs to come in and take time implementing a new changing in his system, but you have players and lines that haven't been working for over 10 games at this point. They haven't been able to create enough offense to sustain the team, and yet you keep putting the same lines out there with the same ice time proportion and expecting different results. The definition of insanity is trying the same thing and expecting different results. So I feel kind of insane watching the Montreal games. But hey, man, Cock and Yemi's looked really good underneath Dominic Ducharme. Alex Burroughs, the coach of the Laval Rockets power play last year, has now implemented Cock and Yemi kind of like he did in that 12-game stint. And Cock and Yemi's looked like dominant on the power play he's really driving that unit and that second unit should be the first unit i've been saying it all year that the first unit kind of looks stale shea weber should not be a power play player i know that he's got a great shot but that's about it he can't move and he can't make passes so it makes no sense to me i'd like to see the younger guys get more ice time i'd like to see jeff petrie get more ice time out there but hey man i'm not the coach so all i can do is tweet about it and complain and and hope that they do change something because (laughs) the talent's there man Jonathan Duran is a good player. Josh Anderson's a good player. Tyler Toffoli, Thomas Tatar, Gallagher. Like, they've got high-end forwards. And then they've got There's two talent. young studs. And yet nothing works because they decide to play the, the 28-year-old guy who hasn't scored in a calendar year 18 minutes a game. He's not dangerous. He won't score. Get over it. Well, hopefully things will keep turning around. I'm excited that you have positivity about KK. I know you love that guy. So Dude. hopefully hopefully it will continue to roll into the direction that you want to see and less and less of the old this doesn't work Canadians that started strong but really kind of fell flat in the past few weeks. Oh, did they ever, man. And again, KK when he is on his game, he's like he's a player that we don't have in our lineup. He's a game breaker. I love Suzuki, but he doesn't have the uh, skills that Kalkinyemi has, he's got a better skating ability, and that's what making that's what's making him a better player in the eyes of the coaching staff. But man, does Kalkinyemi have skill and vision? I can't wait for them to unleash him. 
Well, time will tell. I hope that the Canadians can turn it around. We want good hockey up in Canada, and uh, Leafs are doing well, and the rest of the division is still doing all right. But Dude, uh, anything they, else? Talk to me, Matt. They are running away with that division, like I said. <laughs> it is not even close. Uh, Sheldon Keefe has got them playing like a real good team right now. They're playing as a cohesive unit. Um, nothing's nothing's bothering them, man. Goalie troubles with injuries. Austin Matthews sitting out a game, a couple games for injury. I mean, doesn't matter. They're just clicking along, and he hasn't even scored in three game, four games. It's not even been a big deal because he doesn't need to score for them to win. They're just that deep. So, so is this the team that Toronto fans have been waiting for? Is there any worries that you know come the playoffs times there might be some you know hidden problems or is it really just uh, all happiness in Toronto for this hockey team? Dude, I think it's mostly all happiness. I know they had that scare against the Ottawa Senators where they blew a five-one lead and all the fans came out and said, "Oh, it's gonna happen in the playoffs again. It's gonna happen in the playoffs again." I think year to year, completely different team. Yeah, some of those players were there, but they weren't in as prominent of roles and they weren't in the leadership group. I think Joe Thornton's a great leader. Jason Spezza, I think they'll be fine. We'll see if they can win around for the first time uh, with this group. But my money was on them not only winning around, but going pretty deep in the in the playoffs. Uh, unless Montreal can figure it out, I think they're coming out of the Canadian division. I mean, you'd love to see it. Obviously, people make those jokes, Matt, because all it takes is one game in a big high-impact situation for that PTSD to come back. Even if you weren't a part of those teams in Toronto, I make this joke all the time. Name a better combination. <laughs> the Maple Leafs and blowing insert leads here. Like, oh, it happens, fan bro. Base, I, I lived it. I was a fan back then, unfortunately. Oh, man. Poor fan base. It's tough to watch. <laughs> But I think we're good to go to the hardwood, man, because I definitely would prefer to talk about basketball at this point. I mean, it was a pretty good week. We'll start off with COVID. and As we do. Man, I, Matt, I, I, I want to bring the, the curse up again, because there's definitely a point this week or like last week where I was sitting there going in my own mind, like, oh, you know, the raps really haven't been affected. Like we've been doing pretty good, even though we've been in Florida. And here we are. This week, seven positive tests among players. I mean, obviously, they won't say the names, but the Raptors have, I don't know, five players out, a bunch of coaches. Apparently, a lot of this is due to the Raptors' coaches uh, coaches just, you know, being inconsistent with their mask wearing. Not good, Matt. Not good. Definitely not good, man. And I'm pretty sure last week I made a joke about the Raptors still being in Florida, but having that Canadian protection. Oh, man, the curse. It likes to get us, buddy. It's coming after us. But yeah, so we had one game canceled, one game postponed. We'll save that till Raptors chat. But I will say the league does not care about the Toronto Raptors. Absolutely not, man. Forcing us to play without three of our top players, that, it, it's outrageous. We'll, we'll get into it because I'm probably going to rant later. But Matt, the one positive thing I will say about this week is that there was no injuries. Nothing big of note. You know, there's a couple still fleeting things going into the All-Star break, but hopefully this will be a lot of nice time off for a lot of those players that want to go, you know, do a couple rounds of golf a day and not have to worry about playing games and can rest their bodies for the second half of the season. Yeah, man, because that second half is looking brutal after the All-Star game. I'm really excited for the All-Star game this weekend. So is Marissa, because we're going to get the opportunity to watch some of the most skilled basketball players in the world. But yeah man hopefully nobody gets any covid everybody stays safe and uh the other players rest up in a very safe environment don't bring covid back boys 
Honestly, okay, one more thing before we can move. Actually, two more things, actually, before moving to All-Stars, because I realized that we got a lot going on. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, dude, but <laughs> we do have a coaching update this week. I don't know how long it's been since the last coaching update. Sadly, the Hawks have fired Lord Pierce. He went 63-120 and 120 in his tenure since 2018-19. Nate McMillan has been named the interim head coach. A lot of players came out and, you know, kind of said this was unfair. The Hawks have really just been rebuilding throughout his time. And, you know, you thought with all of these new signings that they'd figured out, but they haven't. They've needed some time to mesh. And unfortunately, Hawks made a decision and Pierce is out. Well, I think that's that's the thing right there is that um, you're right. They have been rebuilding the entire time that he was there and they haven't been necessarily... Uh, the strongest contending team, but this year they made some signings. They were supposed to try and figure it out, and they're 16 and 20, man. I think they thought in an Eastern Conference that as weak as as it is, or as closely packed as it is, that they could do better, and they made the decision to move on, and maybe Nate McMillan gives them a shot in the arm. Hopefully they uh, they know what they're doing over there, man, because it's still half a season left, if not more, so they got some time. Yo, I have to tangent real quick for a move on. Imagine if the the Bucks hadn't have botched that trade, how different the Hawks could be if they hadn't have picked up Bogdanovich. Like, I don't know. Just I'm thinking about alternate universes here, but I feel like I have to bring it up since we're gonna move into talking about the trade market and some of the crazy things that might be happening in the next few weeks because March 25th is around the corner. Yeah, man, and you know what? You make a great point because that it's a completely different world if uh, Bogdan is in a Milwaukee uniform as opposed to a Hawks uniform. And expectations might have been different. And he might still have his job. It's so crazy to think, Matt, the big name, the fire. I've been, I've been, you know, refreshing my phone while we've been recording this. <laughs> but Blake Griffin officially bought out. He's going to be leaving the Pistons. Everyone's expecting him to join the Nets. Hashtag, are we surprised? Him and DeAndre Jordan, baby. Buddies from the Clipper days. I mean, I thought it'd be really, really funny if he went back to the Clippers because that would just be kind of funny uh, for me. But hey, man, the fact that he's out there just goes to show you that he's he's just a little bit past his prime. He's not worth the 30 plus million that they were paying him. Detroit's one of the worst teams in the league. And this gives him the opportunity to sign with a contending team and go chase a championship. He's still a high a high contributor if he knows his role and he plays within it. And I think he's still a good player. Um, I think that he could contribute to the Nets or, you know, even the Celtics if they get him. Or I, I think the Clippers need him too. That might be a, a good spot for him. But he could go anywhere and, and make an impact, don't you think? Well, that's it. There's a lot of interest. You're right. Like you're saying, he's still valuable. I mean, Portland, Warriors, Heat, Nets, Celtics, Clippers, Lakers—all teams that have come out and said, "I mean, yeah, we'd like Blake Griffin." So, you know, Detroit's in a really interesting position because you know, while they expect the Nets to land him, what's the trade value? You look at the James Harden trade, right? You look at what the Rockets are doing right now, and and how and how they're feeling about that. Like a Ben Simmons options may have looked a lot better, so. Detroit has to really shop him around. Well, I mean, they don't get to shop him around at this point. They bought him out, but Blake's got to figure out what exactly he wants to do to join the right team. Yeah, man. I think that Detroit probably made a mistake not getting any kind of value back for him, but it's a lot harder to get value from a contending team 
um, than it is for him to just join one on a on a low deal. And like you said, man, there's definitely interest in him. Nobody's this interested in Demarcus Cousins, that's for sure. Oh, poor Demarcus Cousins. That guy, they're still figuring it out. The Rockets are in a weird place as well. Like they want to shop, t- you know, they want to shop Tucker. Apparently, Oladipo might be on the move again. He turned down two years, forty-five million dollars extension. Like they've been losing games. Like oh, Rockets. It's hard to watch that organization right now. Dude, outside of Christian Wood, they're just not very good. Victor Oladipo's having a decent season, but it's unspectacular. And it's it's just not enough coupled with John Wall in the West to to do any damage. That that conference is way too deep. And bro, they're on a thirteen game losing streak. They oh, need, I didn't know it was that bad. They need to change something up at the moment. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do, but I would say fire sale at this point. <laughs> Make money. I mean, you have that that young piece, right? Like. You look at what um, the Thunder has been able to do building around Shea and draft picks, right? Like, what is... The, you're in the West, you know. Harden's gone. Just, just you're right, man. Blow it up. Yeah, Get what they, you can. Think about five years from now, you know? They and, they and they don't have a piece like Shea, man. Like, nobody on that roster is that young. Christian Wood, yeah, he's he's been an excellent player this year, but he's still 25, man. That means in mm-hmm. two years, he's going to be hitting his prime and... So you've got five years to to build a contending roster around him. That's gonna gonna be pretty hard pressed to do that, man. And he's not even the type of player that you need to build a contending roster around. Yeah, he's been he's been an all star caliber player, but I don't even he's not even in the all star game, right? Uh, yeah, you got it right there on the money, Matt. I will give it to you there. Do we want to move on? Should we talk about Beal? Should we at least consider the fact that he might be moving, even though we know he doesn't want to? Man, he should definitely want to. That team is so bad. He could go to a contending team like the Bucks or like Philly or man, I don't know where he like where else he could go, but he needs to get the heck out of Washington. Matt, we joke about cousins having no value, nobody wanting him. The second Beal is like, Yeah, I guess I could go. I guess I could be okay with the trade. Every single GM across the league is picking up the phone and seeing if they can make a deal for him. He's the leading scorer in the league. The guy is a stud. Unfortunately, he has like 10 plus games of scoring 40 plus and losing games. It's a ridiculous record or something that he has on his resume. Like free Bradley Beal. But also like if he has that commitment, if he really wants to stay, like I can't really fault the guy for it, you know? Dude come on <laughs> i understand the the idea of riding or dying with your team but when you mentioned it like 10 consecutive games of 40 plus points you drop 46 and 7 with two steals and you still lose to the boston celtics who have been a middling team all year yes they've turned it around a little bit as of late but man like your team is doing you no favors just get yourself to a contender i just I think he's probably going to have to go out west to a contender, and I don't know where he fits in out there. It's definitely going to be hard to see what happens. He's such a great talent, and he deserves to go deep in the playoffs and have those opportunities to play like Dame. I was saying this, Matt. I want to see him play with Damian Lillard. I think him. I know the defense wouldn't be amazing, but the two of them could be the greatest offensive powerhouse that 
could ever exist. I mean, obviously, Steph and Clay are unreal and currently untouchable, but hey, man. As a backcourt, yeah, man, Steph and Clay are untouchable. I think Beal and Lillard could get close. Um, but, you know, they're both a little bit aging players, but both right now are doing some major damage in their prime. So it'd be a, it'd be a pretty fantastic thing to see. Um, I just don't know if it'd be enough in the West. I don't know if CJ McCollum's enough to get the deal done. Uh, and what else are they going to give up, man? Oh, you got me there. I'll give you that. It's hard, man. That's that. That's a struggle. That's why you can always fantasize about trades left and right. But until you have that value, you know, until you can figure out how to match things, it's it's hard to make it happen. And that's why a lot of people are excited about the Celtics right now because they've come out and said that they're going to use their capital. They want to make a move. They're eyeing bigs. The words are on Vucevic and Jeremy Grant. I also want to mention that apparently the Kings have made Marvin Bagley available. So there's some options in the league. Raps could also use a big, just saying. Oh, man. Those Kings making Marvin Bagley available after passing <laughs> on Luka Doncic. Oh, what a I knew you'd appreciate poor, that. Poorly run organization, man. That's what keeps teams at the bottom of the league for years, eh? When they pass oh. up on talent like that. And like obvious talent, like people were talking about it, but I don't want to. I don't want to rip on the Kings too much. They, uh, you know, they they take their L's consistently in games. But Matt, anything else you want to talk about this trade deadline, or can we move into these All Stars? Talk about this stuff because this game is around the corner. Man, let's talk about them All Stars because I thought the teams were going to be a little bit more even, but I came out thinking to myself that LeBron James's team should smoke. A hundred percent, like. Whether it's due to KD having, you know, Nets bias and picking Kyrie and Harden for his first players. I mean, I still think KD's second pick of Embiid is fantastic. But when LeBron can pick Giannis and Curry to start and then get Luka third and Jokic fourth. Bro. I'm sorry, man. That starting lineup is disgusting. Bro. that That's a wild backcourt of Steph Curry and Luka Doncic. And then your starting two forwards are... Antetokounmpo and Jokic with James just locking down the three spot. I don't care what kind of team you build. You're not beating that. I mean, I think the NBA kind of did KD a little dirty with the way that the drafts work. The fact that LeBron still got first pick. And so KD had to take Beal and Tatum last, which like taking Beal and Tatum last is, you know, no snuff to them. They're fantastic, amazing players. And KD's got a good team with Kyrie and beat Kawhi, Beal and Tatum as starters. But yeah, man, that LeBron starting five is disgusting. Fantasy all-star starting five, for sure. Dude, yeah, I, I still think that it's wild because in my estimation, KD is the only guy, I know Kawhi Leonard's been talked about up there, but like KD's the only guy that's in the top five conversation uh, like on that team. Because you got yeah. Giannis, Luka, James, Okay, maybe Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's having a fantastic year, I'm not going to lie. Joel Embiid is the leading MVP candidate. Jokic is making a comeback because his team is starting to play better. LeBron is obviously fantastic. Giannis has voter fatigue. Luka Giannis is ineligible. Luka things. I like this. I saw this on um, first on first take or uh, Colin Coward with Nick Wright. Nick Wright's take on the fact that um, when you win back-to-back MVPs but fail to make it to a finals, you're ineligible for the MVP for the next little bit. Sorry, I mean until you until you win. That's reasonable. I mean, I, I'm not against that. But you're like, clearly Giannis, not the best player. <laughs> he hasn't been the best player this season. Like that is definitely a fact. 
Uh, but Matt, I want to talk about these bench players from KD and LeBron. Can, because... can we just mention his stats before you... you oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Because you're saying it. he's not the best player, but in 34 minutes, the guy's <laughs> averaging 29, 6 assists, almost 12 rebounds on 55.7% shooting. He's shooting 28.5 from three, not very good, and only 60, 66 from the line for a true shooting percentage of still 620 Okay, with look. a steal and a block. <laughs> over it's it's Giannis though you you had you know a couple moments there where you were like okay this wasn't good that wasn't good the Bucks are only 22 and 14 like they're not doing great overall they're the seventh best record in the league so it's a different time to where he was last year when we were talking about Giannis for MVP so uh you're right Matt fair. but you're also still slightly wrong no no fair man and again <laughs> Like, like we say, if these guys are having better seasons, like they're record-wise, they're obviously MVP candidates. A guy like Bradley Beal, if he's averaging 34 on a, on a winning team, um, Luka's team is starting to pull it around, but and I think he's going to start getting into the MVP talk. I thought it would be Zion, but people are starting to notice Zion now too because they beat up on the they beat the Clippers this week. So, I mean, he's so good. He's just he, so good. Okay, Matt. Dude, he went... He went from the most overhyped player in the uh, entering the league to like the most underappreciated player in the league. It's wild. He's had a massive dip after being like you know super high on everyone's radar, and I hope he gets to return. He will. And I'm player I'm like glad that, the KD picked him because Zion is so good, and that I really think the KD absolutely won the bench battle. I love his bench pieces. I think that you know overall, I think that he won the war. Like. You know, Harden-Lillard, that's a pretty interesting, you know, back and forth. You could say either of them is better. You know, Ben Simmons and Booker as their second picks. Like, Simmons for defense, but Booker for shooting. And then from there, Matt, I got to say, KD won it all, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, you think KD has the better team at this point? You think uh, with that bench, he's going to be able to defeat that starting lineup? I... I don't know, man. I like Zach Levine. I like James Harden. I love Julius Randle and Devin Booker and Zion. But you got the two kids from, from or no, just the one kid from Boston, Jalen Brown, Paul George. Oh, I guess. It's going to be really interesting, Matt. I still think you're right that LeBron has the top-heavy side of things. But I personally, when you have Embiid as that centerpiece, I love the pieces that KD has built around his team off the bench, and that's what excites me. And, you know, the the game is really going to tell us at the end of the day, right? Yeah, the game will tell us, and and I have a feeling it's going to be Team LeBron because when you look at KD's team, you got to take off KD and AD, and that's two massive players right there. Takes away a lot of their star power. Oh, man, if it was Kate, oh, yeah, you're you're so right. If it was Katie and AD on that team, it wouldn't even be close. But obviously, LeBron would have picked AD first, so it would have been a different story. Would have been a completely different story. But, man, let's talk about the games that happened in between our last couple of weeks because there were some pretty good games this week, some pretty notable performances like Miami beating Utah. Jimmy Butler, man, has that team rolling. They're back into the playoffs. Do you think they're going to do some noise this year, or do you think it's just kind of mid-season? <sighs> window dressing Miami is such a toss-up this season it's so hard to really see because they've been dealing with injuries they've been dealing with COVID they've been up and down they've had their moments Jimmy looks like a stud but he's also missed games with injuries and I don't know if he's fully healthy Bam is doing Bam things but 
Is he taking the jump that we thought he would? Like, there's a lot of questions for this team. So, Matt, I really don't know, and I still think that time has to tell for them. Yeah, um, I would agree, man. I mean, 18 and 18 is is a decent record considering where they were like a couple weeks ago. The fact that Jimmy Butler can look like a LeBron James light superstar in games and some of the most important games of the year. I mean, against Utah this week, 33, 10 and eight, like on very efficient shooting. That's what you need to to do damage in the playoffs. Bam's been a been an all star all year. I'm surprised that he wasn't in the all star game, but you know, like we went over it, there's a ton of so many very of qualified players. Yeah, definitely a lot of qualified players this year. But I think, man, if they can get if they're in, I think they do some damage. I think they're a tough out for a team like Milwaukee. Milwaukee lost to them last year. They would not want to see them like it is right now. Um, I'm sure they would want to play a team like the Knicks or Charlotte or or us. So they'd be a scary team to play in the playoffs, man. It's it's true, honestly. I think that you know Miami and and us, the Raptors, are in a similar situation. But Miami has looked better of late, and their pieces. I hate saying this, Matt, but their pieces give me more hope if they can all figure it out because. As much as a lot of people like to say that that playoff run was a fluke, like they're kind of teetering on the opportunity to have that be the narrative or have them return, make another upset, you know, take Milwaukee down again, take the Celtics out, for example, and then it's no longer that, you know, blip, that anomaly on the radar. Yeah, and I think that they're they're more than willing to do it this year. Talk to me about some other games, though, and some other teams. Um, Utah was in a couple of losses this week because let's, of your curse, buddy. Yeah, let's talk about Utah. They're still three games ahead of any team, you know, with three games to get to 30. So my, my take, my prediction is still alive. But man, I don't know what happened this week with Utah. Like, they lost to Miami. New Orleans had that great win against them. Um, who did they beat this week? I think it was an easy win for them. Like... Um, I feel bad for the Jazz. And the whatever the I Magic is who they who they beat, man. But exactly. they they lost to the Sixers, they lost to the Pelicans, and they lost to the Heat, which are three pretty good teams. They should get an easy win against the Rockets. Um, but man, running into a hot guy like Zion, who's been fire lately. I I, I agree. Like we've already said enough about the Jazz. Like we could mention Mitchell and um, you know, his his being upset about things, but I think he's voiced his opinion enough. Zion Williamson, this kid, I'm so glad he's an all-star. I'm so glad that he's going to get to show up and prove his talents. I hope that, you know, the the older guys on the on the team, like even, you know, the guys on LeBron's team, let him go to town and show his work because this is about fun, right? All-stars is about fun. And Zion has just been so good this season, Matt. I know you've been absolutely loving the stats he's been putting out. Dude. I've been talking about Zion, I think, for four or five weeks straight now, just about how underappreciated and how underrated this guy is. I'm looking at his stat line right now. You got to go probably 20 games back until he scores under 20 points. And even in that game, he was 6 of 13 shooting. The guy's just so efficient. He's dunking more than prime Shaq. He does have a little bit of a toe injury, so he was ruled out of Thursday's game last night. So I hope that the toe isn't too bad. It's just an irritation, apparently. But Luca had a back injury as well and was also ruled out. So I think a lot of players were just getting an easy rest for slight injuries. 
Yeah, just kind of tuning themselves up before the All-Star break. So hopefully it was just that because the game is just better when when Zion dominates. He's a, a very marketable player. He pops out of the screen. He's a treat to watch, fam. He is going to be an absolute pleasure five, six, seven years from now when some of the big names that we have today start to, you know, leave the league, you know, leave the spotlight. And we have Luca, we have Zion, we have Ja, we have Shea. Like, I'm missing so many young names, but I love that we have players like Zion who are coming into the league and are absolutely stepping up. And as much as people can hate on it, I think he deservingly is an all-star this season. I'm glad that he got put in. Dude, more than deservedly. And you know who was that deserving second-year all-star last year? Your boy Luca. Luca. Mm-hmm who ended that Brooklyn winning streak, buddy, the guy, Finally. the guy does it single-handedly almost. He's just, he's, he's a marvel to watch. He's a treat. Chris Stapp's been playing and he's been playing decent minutes. They got him on a little bit of a minutes restriction. It seems like, but yeah, Luca gets a little bit of help, man. They're dangerous. He still is. And will probably always be the best pick from that draft. He continues to shine. He's a young stud. I love Luca. You love Luca. I hope that he gets to have so much fun playing with LeBron. But yeah, you're right. Stopping Brooklyn, putting them down finally was was big, and it was an important win for Dallas because they need some of those moments. Luca, as much as you know, we can see him being this great player. Taking these L's, you know, some of the hard moments for him, having all the weight of this team on his shoulders, it has to be weighing him down. So having these big moments have to be really good for him. Man, absolutely. And he's got that team in the playoffs, buddy. 18 and 16, right above Golden State. So it's a it's going to be a tough task to keep him out of the playoffs. And again, I just I love Luka Doncic. But let's talk about the Raptors. The fact that our young studs have been out. All of the three best players on our team that are under 27, not allowed to play. And that way, Kyle Lowry just doing his thing, carrying the team with Norm Powell. I didn't want to take you away from your point because you're completely right. I'm happy with all of that. But I can't move into Raptors chat, Matt, without mentioning TJ McConnell's game this week. That triple-double with steals off the bench in the Pacers W over the Cavs. So it's not a big deal. I have to mention it because, you know, 16 points, 4 rebounds, 13 assists. He went 8 for 8 from the field, had 10 steals, 9 of them in the first half, which is a record. He was only one shy of the record. Wild. This man, you never expect TJ McConnell out of nowhere. This is like the the, the TJ Warren game from the bubble. So I have to bring it up before we move into Raptors chat. Whenever we watch them, man, uh, they play the Raps. Jack Armstrong always calls him a junkyard dog, and that's definitely a junkyard dog stat, getting a triple-double in steals. That's that's awesome. It's beautiful to yeah, see. Yeah, you got a point there, Matt. You definitely do. Gotta love gotta love Jack Armstrong. Shout-out to the man. Absolute champion. Love listening to him every time we watch a Raps game. I though. Them Raps didn't have too many games this week because of that whole COVID situation. We ended up missing one. But we played back-to-back games into back-to-back L's, buddy. Talk to me about it. Okay, so obviously the Rockets win. You know, we'll get it out of the way. Norm had a 30-piece. We out-rebounded them. We had more assists, more steals, more blocks. Lowry had that quiet triple-double. You know, we had a biggest lead of 23 points. We got the, the Rockets. W. Rockets, exactly. Whatever. They're in that L streak. 
Al Boom. 13. COVID. <laughs> COVID hits us. Postponements happen. Tuesday, we're supposed to play the Bulls. Axe that. They don't want Zach Levine to get any potential chance out before he plays in the All-Star game. So that's going to be made up later half of the seasons. So they go, you know what? Let's move the Pistons game from Tuesday to Wednesday instead of just canceling it, which they should have done. Lame. (laughs) So now we have a back-to-back. We have a depleted roster. There's no Pascal, no Fred, no OG, no McCaw. They pulled Flynn up just for him to get, you know, COVID and have to go back to a thing. Like, Powell had a 30-piece in that game. You know, Boucher, he needed more playing time. It was just frustrating overall, Matt, because our team, you know, finally gets the COVID bug. You know, we played okay in those games, but to take back-to-back L's against the Pistons and the Celtics, like, you could tell that the boys were tired in that Celtics game. Like, we had to have Boucher put up 30 points and, and Terrence Davis to put up 22 points before potentially injuring his ankle. Like, Sergio Scariolo was trying his best, but it was a tough week to be a Raptors fan. Man, it was a very tough week. And you're right, though. That Pistons game, like, we just needed a little bit more Boucher. Uh, Kyle Lowry needed to take a little bit more shots. Norm Powell was absolute fire. 14 of 20 from the field, 5 of 8 from deep. The guy has been a scoring machine since inserted into the starting lineup. Like, one of the top offensive players in the league, like top 20. He's been that good. Um but it wasn't enough to to beat the lowly Pistons, which um, kind of makes me a little little sad. Because Matt, Matt, Rodney Magruder, and Saban Lee, twenty points each. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, our defense was lacking in this game. It was unfortunate. Wayne Ellington had twenty five points. Like, ouch, ouch. Yeah, definitely an ouch. And like like you said, man, that Celtics game. Chris Boucher showed up. Terrence Davis showed up. Norm Powell still doing his thing, but the Celtics just have more fire firepower than us, man. Like they've got the Williams bro- like I call them the Williams brothers, even though they're not brothers. They always seem to play really well against us. Um, and Brown and Tatum had like ten points in the first half combined, and they combined to drop like I think it was uh, forty in the second. Like yeah. almost 40, 37. Like it was it was an enjoyable first half. Like I watched most of the first half of that game and then I had to I was in a work meeting, so I didn't get to watch the third where we lost the game when we got outscored twenty two to thirty five. Like obviously we were tired legs players and you know, they were tired, they didn't come out strong, you know, we're missing almost our entire coaching roster. So like Matt, we're in the same place we were last week where we don't know if this team is good or is bad, but I made a comment to you and I really want to have you expand on it earlier. Are we just going to be a hard first round out in the playoffs, depending on who we face? Like, is that going to be our fate this season? Yeah, man, I definitely think it is. I think that we are a tough first round exit for a team like Philadelphia or uh, Brooklyn or Milwaukee. Um, if we're lucky, we might be able to play the Celtics and be a really tough out because I, I still think that we can do some damage even though they seem to have our number. But again, man, I don't see us beating the bigger teams. And that's why I've been on the, the fade for Cade train a little bit longer than you have. Not that I want them to intentionally just throw away the season, but you know, getting sliding into the lottery to get a chance at this kid who's absolutely dominating college ball right now, that'd be pretty nice. 
Well, it's also just thinking about the future. Like the the West is so strong that who we we've been talking about this for weeks that whoever's coming out is probably winning in the West unless the Nets unreal figure it out or you know Embiid becomes this unstoppable monster that he says he wants to be because he wants to you know go through everybody this season or Giannis decides to figure it out or Boston makes a move like it's hard looking at this season and the league surrounding us and not thinking why not just kind of chill like I never want to think about Lowry leaving because, you know, he is the Raptors groat, you know, he's done so much for us, but like, is it fair? You know, he could get a championship. He is, you know, a strong enough player, a good enough player that he has, you know, a couple more years in him where he could be a very important piece on a championship team. And our window may be closed, unfortunately, for the foreseeable future. And we might have to wait a few years to come back as sad as it is to say, Matt. Honestly, man, um, I totally agree with what you said. As sad as it would be to see the grout go, um, Kyle definitely has some value left. He can definitely get us some some rebuilding pieces back. And the team is a little bit younger besides him. Um, Pascal and Freddie, I think they're 26 and 27. So they've got like at least another three, four years at a really high level. OG's only 23, so he'll be hitting his prime in the next four years. Um so we've got to really capitalize and set our team up for to try and win a championship in three, four years. And trading Kyle might be the best way to get some assets back. And even though the fact that they're Owens or sixteen and zero when he doesn't play or something <laughs> like that, like I don't even think that that really factors into it. I think Kyle's a great, great player, and like we've talked about, he coached from the bench. And uh, it'd be sad. I. I just want to make sure that they get enough back for him because he's still valuable, man. He's still very valuable. I agree. I completely agree. Matt, they were joking about, you know, Kyle being a player coach when the whole coaching staff kind of went out. And, you know, obviously uh, uh, they had to come out and be like, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's contract problems. We couldn't do this, yada, yada, yada. But like, you're right. Lowry coaches from the bench. Like even when he's injured, even when he's not able to play, he is such a positive influence. And like, as much as I don't want to see Philly win the championship, Philly's where he probably could do his best work. And uh, I really like Matisse Thibel, and I think he would be the young piece that would come back for us, hopefully. So uh, if it's got to happen, it's got to happen, right, Matt? Yeah, man. I hope that we get more than just Matisse Thibel, though. Oh, I said the centerpiece. I didn't say everything. Like, we need value. We need a lot back. And if somebody's getting Kyle Lowry, they're making the push. And Masai going to Masai, Bobby Webster going to do his things. And we will get assets back. I know that for a fact. Yeah, because we will need them, buddy. (laughs) Do you see us doing anything at the trade deadline? Do you see us trying to fall back? Do you see us kind of making a push to solidify a playoff spot? How do you feel like we're going to do? I think it's all about opportunity, Matt. I think at this point, the league is kind of in a weird place where a lot of teams are making things available. There's definitely going to be a ton of phone calls that are made over the next few weeks. And I think if the right situation falls into the plate of this organization, I think they'll take it. My worry is, is that, you know, we think about where we want the direction to go. I just hope that there's um, a proper structure up top right? That they all have agreed on what they think is the right answer. And they don't have too many different people trying to pull the team in different directions because we won that championship when our organization was together. They, you know, were working as one and they were a single brain that pushed our team 
through to the finale by getting the teams and getting the players that we needed to have. So I just have a lot of hope and a lot of faith, but you know, I think a lot of teams are going to make moves, Matt, and I'd be surprised if we don't do something. Yeah, I'd be surprised if we don't do something, but I definitely see us pulling it a little bit off the gas pedal and uh, going for more towards the bottom of the league and, and fading for that for that lottery pick because at the end of the day, like I've said, we don't have enough to compete with the top teams and I don't think that there's anything that we can do right now this year to change that. I think OG, Pascal, Freddie, Kyle, Norm, all fantastic, amazing players in their own right. Just not enough when you got guys like Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, uh, Tobias Harris, KD, Kyrie, Harden, uh, Giannis, and Middleton with uh, Holiday. It's just too many guys. And they're, it's tough. It's tough out there. Yeah, no, it's. I'm excited for the second half of the NBA season. I think that there'll be some good games. You know, March 25th, around the corner. So there's definitely going to be some moves. Matt, is it hot takes time? Is it Mystics Prediction time? I know we've got it a little bit different this week. We're going to do some things, talk about these other things going on. It's All-Star Weekend. we got to be excited about it, right, Matt? Man, super excited about the All-Star Weekend. Gives me something to Mystic predict and hopefully get correct. Because, like I said, I have been hot garbage since we changed the name. Um, Look, Matt, you get four opportunities to be correct this week, okay? So hopefully you'll at least get to hit one. Because you had four opportunities last week with the Lakers, and you didn't get any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to predict that Steph wins that three-point competition. I don't think he has one in his resume. I think this is the year he does it. What about you, Kev? Okay, so the three-point contest I'm excited about. There's a lot of really good names. But for me, I'm going wild card. It's going to be Zach Levine. I just want him to win some more. And he's been playing so good. So it would be fantastic for the Bulls. So he's my pick for the three-point contest. I That's fair. Um, I think the dunk contest is pretty lackluster this year. Um, didn't even know how to pronounce some of the names in it. Uh, so that's why I'm just going to go with Obi Toppin, man. New York uh, Knicks rookie. Got a lot of hype. I'm sure uh, the, the league is going to want him to win. So... I'm going to lean to the Knicks in that frozen envelope card and say it's Obi Toppin. Oh, too good. I think Toppin is obviously the, you know, probably the best pick between these names. Anthony Simons, Cassie Stanley, the other two. I think it's weird that only three names have been mentioned. I'm going to say Zion's going to win it. He's going to show up. He's going to be a part of it. It's all been a ruse, you know, for the excitement, but it's probably not going to happen and I'll take my L. (laughs) I'd love to see it happen, buddy. Oh, that skills competition though. You know Luke is going to take it, man. He's got to be the most skilled player in the league, just in my I opinion. I mean, he's the obvious choice. You know, there's a lot of really good talent. Demonte Sabonis, Julius Randle, Vucevic will be interesting. I'd love to see his talent. And obviously, Chris Paul, the handles. Matt, I'm going sure. with Rocco. I'm going with Covington. This man, he's an HBCU alumni. You know, this is all about, you know, this type of all-star year. I want to see him come out and have a an absolute stud of a performance. Yo, maybe, man. Who knows? He's he's always been pretty skilled for the type of player that he is. I've loved his three-point shooting on every team that he's been on. So it'd be nice to see. What yeah, about that All-Star bit of everything. MVP? All-Star what? MVP, so this is the hardest one, I think, because there's so many good players. And, like, LeBron's team is probably going to win. But I'm looking at Bradley Beal, the current leading shooter in the league, 
I think he's just going to put bucket on bucket on bucket up. You know, you got him beat on the inside. You got Harden to toss him. You know, all of the bu- all the assists he needs. Bradley Beal's going to be all-star MVP. Ah, oh, I like it, man. But you know who's getting the assists? And they're really just going to be lobs. It's my MVP, Zion, baby. Because it's going to be his first MVP game. He's going to look to take it to LeBron. He's going to look to take over as the face of the league. I don't think he's doing that dunk competition, so he's going to be nice and fresh. They're not doing the, the young studs game, which he was named into. Man, I think it's Zion. Let the rain begin. Zion, hopefully the future king of the NBA. You know, he wants it. The guy's a stud. He's a legend. Matt, anything else you got this week, or uh, shall we wrap it? I think that's good, man. You're good to take us out. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at theboardsports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.